Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you'll find several speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Ken. Thank you. My name is Ken. I'm an abstaining compulsive reader. I can. I've always called myself an overachiever with a fork. I'd like to qualify. I came in somewhere over 300 pounds. I don't know the number. I only got on normal scales. They go up to 299 and hit zero. And when I went on diets, and I'll point out, I took amphetamines for over 25 years. I took the female hormone shots. I went to a psychotherapist, a hypnotherapist. And whenever I started dieting to lose weight, it took a few weeks until I got under 300. That I saw the needle in the 290s. So I just know I was over 300. The miracle in my life is my weight ranges between 170 and 175. That is a miracle. I couldn't do it with doctors who I paid. I couldn't do it myself. I couldn't do it with any diet at a newsstand. That if you want to diet, go to a newsstand. There's 100 magazines. They each have one. And if one of them worked, I don't think they'd have all the others. So this is who I was when I found program. I found program by accident. I'd like to also point out, I never had a problem eating. My problem was stopping. I couldn't stop once I started. It was easier to fast through a day than to have a meal and stop, and three hours later have a meal and stop. That was, that was terrible, really terrible. I kept food on my body, in my clothing, in my car. I used to have it in my office. It's, it's what numbed me. It was my constant friend. And I, I don't do that anymore. I visit food three times a day. I always point out I'm glad I'm not a dog. They only eat once a day. I get three meals a day. And that's, uh, I'm happy with it. And when the meal is over, I'm done. And I still look at food, and sometimes I look down at the plate and say, that's not enough. To myself, it's not enough. It isn't. I don't know what enough is. I've never had enough. So I can say it's not enough, but I'm still here. I'm happy with my weight. Of course, when I got down to 170, my head started saying, if you're in the 160s, that would really be magical. I'm going to listen to this. This is, my head is what got me here. I don't think there's anything wrong with any of our bodies. The disease lives between our ears. Our head talks, we listen and take action. And that's what I used to do. It didn't work. So as I said, I found this by accident. I went to a business meeting in San Francisco I saw a man, we were binge buddies in New York years before, this was 1978, and he had a normal body, a smile on his face, and I went up to him, I said, Stan, what happened? He said, I found a wonderful way to do life, it's called OA, and we talked for a few minutes, and at the end he said, look it up in the white pages, it'll change your life. And I said to him, I remember this, I don't want to change my life, I want to get weight off. I had it backwards. You change your life, the weight goes away. I had it backwards at the time. I thought this was another diet. This is not a diet. This is a way of living. That brings me peace in many areas. I used to have a lot of problems with people. When I met someone I didn't know, I used to try to find out what I didn't like about them so I wouldn't have to know them. This is, this is really negative in my head. 
And now I welcome people in my life that I don't know because they all bring something different and something new. So I went back home and I opened up the white pages. I immediately wrote down O-Readers Anonymous, put the number in my wallet, and since I procrastinated everything, I put it in my wallet and forgot about it. Four or five months went by. I found the paper, and I figured I'll do it. I'll do it so I can get rid of it. That's how I thought about everything. Do everything, get rid of it, and find something new. So I called the number. God was working in my life because I got a recording. I didn't get a person. If I got a person, I, I may have hung up. But I got a recording. They said there was a meeting in Van Nuys or a Van Known and Van Nuys Boulevard at 7.30 that night. I believe I lied to my wife the very first night. I think I told her I was going out to buy clothing. She didn't want to go with me to buy clothing. That was never a happy experience. So I went to that meeting. I walked in. I did not understand what I was looking at. There were no nurses, no doctors, no pills, no shots, no diets, no scales. And they did have something called gray sheet. I think they gave that out in concentration camps in the Second World War. I supposed to use that as a guide to eat three times a day. And I looked at that and I said, this is a joke. But I, I sat through the meeting, and when people started pitching, they talked about things I could relate to, my feelings, and the way I dealt with life. And I couldn't believe it. And they looked normal. They looked like they never had a weight problem. And some people passed pictures around. And I looked at the pictures, and I said, my God, outside of their face, I, I wouldn't recognize them. So I had to think about whether I wanted to do this. I heard you're supposed to get a sponsor. I have to think about things like that. So I went home. In Los Angeles, you can go to a meeting the next day. You can go to a meeting probably later the same day. They're all over. But my head said, no, your meeting is Wednesday night in Van Nuys. You've got to wait a week. I used to listen to this. And a week later, I went back. I met a man. His name was Neil. And I figured, I'm going to get him to help me. And when it doesn't work, I'm gone. This is the way I thought. And I asked him if he'd show me what this is about. And he said, oh, you want a sponsor? I said, well, yeah, whatever, however this, is, this works. See, it's very humbling to ask for help. I never like to ask for help. I never like to be humbled. This is what the program does. It humbles us. I'm an addict. I'm a food addict. I'll tell you my definition of an addict. It's a person who reaches for some substance to solve a problem that should be solved emotionally and spiritually. And I reached for food. So we worked out that I'd call him every morning between 7.30, quarter to 8. And he, he told me with tough love, he said, Ken, if you put it in your mouth, put it in my ear. In other words, I can eat anything I want, but I have to tell him. I said, fine. I was going to. I was going to show him. Well, I did that. And program was a bit different in those days. It was 21 days, a day at a time. After 21 days, you could fire the sponsor. The sponsor could fire you. You'd evaluate after 21 days. After 21 days, I was down 15, 16 pounds. And my head immediately said, you don't have to go to Van Nuys on Wednesday night. You don't have to call him. He made me buy a book with 565 pages. doesn't even have any pictures. I don't need any of this. I'll just write down what I'm going to eat. And I did. I wrote down what I was going to eat. And all the weight came back. I couldn't do this alone. It's a we program. It starts with the word we. I need other people in my life that could show me how they're doing it, which reinforces how I can do it. 
I have a lot of people in my life today. Every one of you is a friend. We all understand each other and what we're talking about, but when we go out there, outside where the terminally normal people are, they don't know what we're talking about. People still come up to me and say, Ken, if you really want to lose weight, I'll tell you what you should do. And I bite my tongue and I smile and I say, thank you. That's all. Thank you. I change the subject or turn around and walk away. I don't need that input. I found something that works. I don't want to give it up. In reading the big book, and he'd give me pages, I'm, I'm still in it. I used the third edition because that's what I started with. He said, Ken, you've got to work the steps if you really want to succeed because trying to succeed in this program without working the steps is like trying to learn how to ride a bike without getting on it. And I could identify with that. You can't learn it without getting on it. So I said, fine, here's another way I can get out of this place. I'll do what he says, and when it doesn't work, I'm gone. He said, go to a meeting, take the first step, read it in the 12 and 12, go to a meeting, raise your hand, and admit out loud you're a compulsive overeater, your life is unmanageable. I said, fine. I went to a meeting, my mouth was dry, my hands were sweaty, I put up my hand, and I said, my name is Ken, I'm an abstaining, I'm a, I'm a compulsive overeater. I wasn't abstaining in those days. And I only eat on special occasions, as Milton just pointed out. I eat when I'm angry, I eat when I'm sad, I eat when I'm alone, I eat when I'm with people, and one other time, when I'm awake. It was all true. It was all true. And I sat down. And he said, when you're ready for the second step, read it in the 12 and 12. And we sat down together afterwards and discussed what I had done to take off weight, all the regimens, what my red light and green light foods are, everything that I may have tried. And he said, this is where you cross the bridge. You can take the third step. And I liked being there because I wanted to leave. I said, I'm going to read about a higher power. I did not come here for God. I came out of an Orthodox home when I grew up. I had enough. And so we said, read the third step. We'll talk about it. So I read the third step, and I went to the meeting, and I said, this is going to be really a gem. He can't tell me, prove to me there's a God in my life. And I said, tell me, Neil, how am I supposed to find God? And he blew me away. He said, Ken, don't concentrate on finding God. Your job is to look for God. You look for God when you go to a meeting. You look for God when you pick up a book of 565 pages and no pictures, and you read a page, and if you don't know what page to read, you call someone and tell them what feeling you're going through, and maybe they could recommend a page. You look for God when you pick up the phone and call someone you don't know, but you say, look, I have something on my mind. It's chasing me like a dog chasing its tail, and I just say it all out loud. I look for God when my phone rings and someone calls me. And all they want to do is talk and all I have to do is listen. These are the ways I look for God on a daily basis. And I found something I never found before. I have come to believe, and it took time, that there is definitely a power greater than myself. It's the same power that uh, makes days light and nights dark, uh, makes flowers open, makes the waves stop on the shore. That's a power that no human being has. And I am also in a sense, under the guise of that power. I believe it. So I've come to do things I've never done before. One is like pray. How to learn how to pray. That's step 11. I'll get there. But I had to take the work steps. It's step four through nine. And step four is a real 
piss you. There's no other way to describe it. <laughs> you write down the garbage of the past that you don't want to relive and don't want to have in your life that you want to get rid of. And so I did this. I couldn't talk about it to the man I called my sponsor. So I went to a meeting at the back end of the valley where nobody knew me. I thought, gosh, if I meet an alien, I could talk to him and then he'll go back to his planet and I'll never see him again. And I said, I have this stuff to read. It's, and he said, oh, an inventory. I said, yes, if you have time. I was hoping he'd make a date in the future so I could cancel it. This is the way my head always thought, negative. And he said, no, let's go outside now. So we went out, and he just said, start at the top and let me know when you're done. And I did. And I read it and read it, and when I was done, and it was several pages, he took it and he burned it. And he said, now, you know, it's not too late. You want to go for some coffee? I couldn't believe it. I had a weight taken off of my head. And the weight was that I carried things that were useless. And I gave them away that night. I didn't need them. And I was not judged. I was not judged by him or anyone else. I had to go through the sixth step and seventh. I still use the sixth and seventh because I still have flaws. I think people that don't have flaws aren't real. We have to have flaws. We're going to make mistakes. I only hope I don't make the same mistake a hundred times. I don't want to make it even twice. But I'm going to make mistakes. That's the way a human being is. So I have to commit it in writing. I have to talk about it in the uh, sixth step. I had to uh, write down a list of people to make amends to. It took years to make amends. Today it's very easy. I use words I've never used before. I can say I'm sorry to someone if I say something that I know is out of place and wrong. I do make mistakes because I'm human. So I live in 10, 11, and 12. Uh, the people I sponsor who work the steps actually get a written sheet from me for step 10. Uh, you could take step 10 yourself if you look in the big book on page 85 and 86. It asks you a group of questions. You answer those questions, you've taken the 10th step. 11 is praying and meditating. I had to learn how to do both. I was told by my sponsor, he said, children know how to pray. They ask for stuff. They're praying, they get it. He's right. Children ask for stuff all the time. Meditating was something else. I could never understand meditating. I didn't want to go to a class. So he said, Ken, you know what you do? Go in the bathroom, put down the seat, close the door, and look at your wristwatch and see how long it takes for the second hand to go around 60 seconds. You know, that's a devil of a long time. A very long time. But I settle down while I do that, and thoughts would come up from inside. Thoughts about something I'm dealing with, some decision I have to make. And I do that occasionally to this day. I can sit still and let my head wander and come up with answers. And I practice the 12-step. I'm doing that today. And I do it when it's apropos with people that are out there. If they're looking for an answer and they're open. So I've worked the steps and I continue to work them. Miracles have occurred in my life. I've shared about a couple of them. And someone just recently asked at a meeting, could I tell the story about what happened when I went to Fresno? That was a miracle. If you've heard me speak, you may have heard it before. I went to Fresno on business. I was with a company a very short time, a couple of months. They sent me up to take care of major problems in the business. It's a radio business, radio research. I went up there and had a terrible day. Everyone said no. 
I couldn't solve the problems. I was going back to my hotel that night, and I walked in, and when I walked in the lobby, there's a bar on the left and a restaurant on the right. I used to like to sit at the bar with a drink. I could nurse one drink for half an hour just to go through the bowls of stuff on the bar. I would even change my seat so I'd get to a new bowl. So I, I went straight to my room, and I don't know how this happened. I called up away in Fresno, and I got a person that said there's a meeting in Clovis. I don't know where Clovis is. I didn't even know Fresno. And they gave me directions, and it's starting to get dark, and I go downstairs and get in my car, and I drive zigzag up into the northeast quarter of Fresno, and I'm in Clovis. And I had to ask a gas station where this particular church was. I pulled in. The lot was empty. I was early. And then a man came around the corner, and he opened up one of the doors, and I figured he's setting up the room. So I went in. I went over to him, and I said, Hi, my name is Ken. I'm from Los Angeles. I did not have a good day. And I pitched what was going on and how I felt, and I felt better. It's amazing. I got it out. I felt better. The miracle was... And I didn't know at the time, but the man I was talking to did not understand English. He was a Hispanic maintenance man whose job was to set up the rooms for meetings. And he was doing that. And I looked at him. He left right after I finished talking to him. And, and I, I don't remember the meeting too clear, but I'll never forget him. So that's a miracle. I took the action. I got the result. That's how it worked. I, we have to take the action. And I still, there are times when there are occasions, maybe holidays, and we sit at a table for two hours talking, and there's all kinds of flavors in my mouth. And I'll get up and excuse myself and make a call to someone and say, I just want to let you know I'm finished eating. I'm going to sit with a beverage, but I'm done eating. If I'm at home sometimes and I'm sitting around with too many flavors in my mouth, I go in the bathroom after a meal, brush my teeth. It cleans out my mouth. It's, it's good for my head. I have to take the action that's going to keep me well, otherwise I will slide. I will slide again because I'm human. I'm not perfect. So this is who I am. I uh, have various problems I've overcome. I could never overcome in the past. I went to a doctor years ago, and I was wondering, what is my weight supposed to be? I didn't know what it was. And I was having a physical, and I asked this doctor who knew me, even in my heavy days, I said, what's my weight supposed to be? And he says, well, based on your age and your size, your frame, uh, 170, 190. I said, no, I don't want that. I want to know a number. What number? And he said, humans don't have numbers. Humans have a range. In the winter, when you're more sedentary, you'll put on three, five, six pounds. In the summer, you're moving around more. You're out of the house. It's light, late. You'll take off five, six pounds. So you have a range. I listened to this, and he said, only a statue has a weight that never changes. And it's true. And I thought about it. And who wants to be a statue? You know what birds do to them. So, so I'm happy with my range. My range is 170 to 175. When I get up to 175, which happens occasionally, uh, by the way, I get on the scale the first of uh, every month. I sponsor a group of people. They all get on the scale the first of the month. We share the numbers on the first of the month. Maybe sometimes the second. But the first day or two of the month. And it's a weather report. It lets us know what direction we're going. It's not supposed to save our ass. It's just a weather report. So I do that and I'm 
I see occasionally I'm 174, 175. The first thing I do is worry. Because the next number is 176, 177. This is where my head works. And I'm down to 170, and I got on, by the way, just this, this morning, and it was 169.6. So I got off, and I didn't believe it, so I got on again. <laughs> and it's a digital thing. It was 169.6. The first thought was, I can be a little lax with my food today. That's very low for me. That's insanity in action. I have to take care of myself today. I learned how to live a day at a time. It's the best time span for me. I make appointments. I have a book on my dresser where I could put down dates of whatever's occurring in the future. But I live today. It's the only day I have to get through. And it's the only real day in our lives, if you look at it. So, this is who I am. I'll uh, close. I like to close with uh, adages that I've collected over the years by people who probably don't even know about program. And this was said by a, a philosopher by the name of George Santayana. He said something that we understand in here. He said, uh, there's no cure for birth or death except to enjoy the interval. Thank you very much for being here. If anyone has a question, I'll do whatever I can to help answer. Yes. Did you get a lot of support from your family? Did I get support from my family? Yes. Uh, my wife, who is, by the way, here this evening, would always ask me what I'm doing. <laughs> and, uh, and how does it work? She was always very interested. And uh, she's very, very helpful, especially with the phone. I sponsor 14 people. Uh, 11, 12 men, two women. And she's very helpful with the phone. <laughs> so I've gotten a lot of support over the years. By the way, I have a son and a daughter. My son has never been over 175. He could eat anything. He stays the same. My daughter is 200 pounds. And all I could be for her is an example. I can't fix him. Yes. What is your abstinence, and has that changed since you started program? Yes, it has. Uh, I eat three meals a day, nothing in between. There's three things I don't eat. I don't eat red meat because I'd lust for red meat. I don't eat bread, which I could eat with nothing on it. And I don't eat refined sugar. Someone asked me, how could you just eat bread? And I said, you don't understand how I feel. I said, men like to look in... Uh, magazine at centerfolds. You know, they open a magazine, they open the centerfold, they look down, they're happy, they're smiling, they like what they see. My favorite centerfold would be a loaf of rice. <laughs> so those are the three things I don't eat. I eat everything else. I also don't eat out of bags, which means I don't put my hand into a bag for stuff like potato chips or any kind of stuff that comes in the bag. I eat off a plate with a knife, fork, and a spoon, except for fruit. Occasionally, I have to hold it. Well, yes. Um, how did you come to find your higher power? I found my higher power by looking. As I said, I was told to look by taking action. And when I made mistakes, I wasn't hard on myself. I would ask God for help. I didn't use the word God I had in the beginning. I said, can you help me? 
can you help me get through this? I meant the feeling, the moment. And I sit still and take no action until I know I could take a sane action. That's God working in my life. Because I never took a sane action. So I came to believe there is a power. You could just call it a higher power. You can call it whatever you want. It's, it's the law of nature, whatever you want. But this is what helps keep me well. And no doctor could ever do it. My parents couldn't do it. My grandparents couldn't do it. And my loving family couldn't do it. So there is a power that's doing for me that I can't do for myself. Tim, what do you do uh, when you, you get to your goal weight, your goal range, and it's not good enough? It's, uh, that's the first thing my head said when I got down. I said, what do I do now? I have to add food? Uh, I didn't like that because I don't like change. I like any kind of change. And I found that I have to be careful and go back. I don't commit my food today daily. I commit it if I have an unusual night with maybe a wedding or something. I'm going to go eat at 9 o'clock at night. But when I got down into my range, which was 170, 175, I said to myself, I have to stay here the best I can. I will try to do the best I can. I cannot guarantee anything. If I were to continue to lose, I would have physically put more food into my plan. Healthy food. More fruit. More whatever. But if I started gaining, I probably would have gone on one day of starvation. That's the way my head thinks. Extremes. One extreme or the other. So finding the middle balance is very important in working with a sponsor who can point out to you that you can relax, not give up, but relax, and know that whatever you've been doing, you don't want to continue to lose. So what are you doing with your food today? And we talk about what the food is, and maybe at times I may say, you know what, you can add a fruit. Or you could add, instead of an egg, have two or three. So we talk about it. That's all I know. I want to thank you all for being here. I can't do this alone. And I hope we meet again. Thank you.